Welcome to the Thrive with Omu podcast, where each week I'll chat with an amazing entrepreneur on their growth journey. They'll be sharing this with us to help and encourage us to take that bold step. Hello, guys. It's yet another week and I have an amazing guest with me. I always have amazing guests anyway. Today, I have an amazing guest with me, my African brother, I want to say. Um, his name is Skylar Mason. Hello, Skylar. Hi, How Omar. are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Thank you so much for this uh, honor to be able to join you on this podcast today. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited. So where are you? Are you in Africa or are you in the States or are you somewhere in between? Currently, I'm at our uh, office in Denver, Colorado. So fortunately, I built my life and my career around two places I actually happen to grow up in, both here in the United States as well as in Kenya. So I do get the luxury to be able to go back and forth uh, between here in uh, beautiful Denver, Colorado, as well as in Kenya. So here until June 2nd, and then I'm off back to Kenya for a month. Okay, I'm not going to ask you which you prefer, but what is the distinct difference? <laughs> How does it feel living in Kenya, and how does it feel living in Denver? Absolutely. And Omo, as you could, uh, you totally understand yourself, life out in that part of the world is very different than here in the States. And being able to have grown up and traveled across Kenya uh, since I was a very young boy and look at Kenya as well as being here in the States, both my homes, it grounds me. It allows me to view life, accept things, uh, appreciate, honor, um, what life is all about. And so when I have the opportunity to go to Kenya, especially in the villages that I grew up in, both the Maasai and the Mijikenda tribes, you know, these people live amongst the indigenous ways, living in mud huts, not having running water or electricity and being able to take those kind of indigenous ways and being able to bring it into my modern life. Again, I'm not going to be coming to the States and building a hut and living amongst, you know, uh, no electricity or water like that but allows me to, again, accept things and value things, appreciate things. And so being able to go back and forth. um, One thing I do love that I I think that Kenya kind of does beat the States in a way is acceptance, is being able to go to that part of the world and obviously look like an outsider, but be treated like I'm one of them. And that's why Kenya is so close to my heart because every time I go out there, I feel like I'm their brother. I feel like I'm their son. I feel like I'm a part of the family. Um, everywhere I go, because again, Kenyans are the Africans are so welcoming and so hospitable. And I encourage anybody to have the opportunity to go out there and experience it for themselves anywhere in Africa. Okay. I'm curious, what, how did you find yourself in Kenya at such a young age? <laughs> what were you doing there? So Omu, this is a very um, a fun and exciting story that I have to tell you, because today I still have no idea where it all came from. Ever since I was two years old, and again, to this day, my parents have no idea where this all came about because they've never been to Africa before. They said, yeah, but this is going to get into it. They said I was so captivated and fascinated in African culture. They said as a toddler in my diapers, I used to run around the house, drumming, dancing, singing, believing I was a part of this tribe and always had the dream to go to Africa. Well, at the age of 14, I had some family friends who were living here in the States who were from Kenya who invited me to come stay with them and their family for an entire summer. Now, Omo, as you can imagine, at at 14 years old, a young boy going to a world so different than our own, again, staying with families, immersing myself in the communities, traveling across the country with the local guidance by my side, 
I was able to feel way more and beyond what a tours can experience. And to this day, now I call Kenya my home. And where I kind of come about saying, I don't know where this came from. Again, I don't know why I was so connected to Africa, even before I got to Africa. I, again, I was so connected to the movie Lion King, to Tarzan, and my dream was to immerse myself into Kenya. And again, I say Africa, I know it's, you know, many different countries, beautiful countries, but I say Africa as a whole, because when I was younger, I didn't know the difference between different countries and cultures and et cetera. Now, as I'm grown and have been well-traveled, et cetera, I know the difference. But um, again, my parents just said, they don't know where I came from. Maybe it was my past life where I was so grew up there, lived there, was a part of it. I don't know. But again, my dream as a young boy, not going to Disney World or get toys for my birthday. My dream was asking my parents to take me to Africa. And fortunately, at age 14, I had family friends who were from there that brought me out there to stay with them and their family. You know, I thought, I, I mean, in my head, I made up this story that your parents moved for work or for something. And that was how you found yourself in Africa. I didn't think it was a chance thing. Oh my. That's what everybody thinks. Yep. They always assume, I, were your parents missionaries? Do they do work I'm over sorry. there? No, I was just fortunate. And then the first time I touched down in Kenya, I fell in love and I just kept going back ever since. And obviously today, now I go there about two to three times a year because I own a whole business out there. And I really driven my whole entire career revolving around giving back to these communities, giving back to the villages that I call home. And I'm all, my fulfillment in life is how do I support people and communities and families that don't have the opportunities or resources we have here in the States. So that's why I'd be able to go back and forth all the time. Okay, so how do you support them? Absolutely. So I created a company. My company is called Sky In. And what we specialize is in immersive cultural and wildlife excursions across Kenya. As we all know, Kenya is one of the top destinations to visit while you're in Africa. Why? Mainly for the safari, for the wildlife. Don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. I've been on 40 plus yeah. safaris. Love it. Yes. Beautiful. But there's so much more to the safaris. And I came to realize six years ago that I had the opportunity to create a business to duplicate the same immersive and authentic experiences I had really engaging and connecting with the communities while supporting the communities by be creating ongoing sustainable jobs, opportunities, and resources to help improve daily life for its people. So uh, I was able to connect the, you know, what grows the economy in Kenya, which is tourism, and be able to connect it where now instead of tourism bypassing the communities, we are connecting with the communities. We're supporting the communities to offer authenticity, sustainability, and transformation in all our different excursions. Oh, wow. You know, um, so a lot of my guests don't know, but I know that you do that. Another business I'd always done was luxury event planning and I did destinations. And now I do transformational retreats. And um, Kenya has always been close to my heart. I have I've visited and worked with quite a lot of um, service providers in Kenya. So it's a real nice, tranquil place, total mm -hmm. transformation. I would recommend it any day. For me, there's several places that I hold very close to my heart, like the Maasai. Yeah. And um, now the Maasai, there's a video that I actually use in training that is the Maasai. It, it, it's a video. BBC actually covered the um, one of the elders who is like a real um, old hunter who is a very good hunter. 
and he had like younger hunters, about three within, mm. and they were going to grab the meat that the lion wanted to eat. Yeah. While the lion, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that video. While the lion was awake, and even the BBC crew that was doing the video in at some point was whispering to them, on in the um, earpieces, like, are you okay? Are you sure you want to go through it? And all that, because it was really dangerous. And yeah. they went through it. I used the video for um, for training. And after I started using the video for training, it just hasn't left me. And I made up my mind that next time I do that trip, I must do the Maasai. I don't know if I'll go into <laughs> but i'm sure that there's a way to experience those animals without being on foot you know like the, the trucks do they have those safari trucks that can take you absolutely we have the land cruisers um there's ways you can do horseback riding safaris you could do hot air balloon safaris what's really known is the, is the four by yeah, four i like the hot air balloon one as well yeah even though it's scary if anything happens you're landing on top of a lion <laughs> I think I'd rather uh, land on top of an elephant than a lion, tell you the truth. At least he's going to support exactly. you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's so, so cool I mean, that, no, uh, go on. Go. I was going to say that's so cool that you feel so connected to the Maasai because that's how I feel myself. I've been uh, a part of a village since a very young boy. And now I, as with my company, we bring tourism to these communities and be able to have full day immersive experiences with them. Typical companies, what they really offer is very commercialized villages. So it's a pop-up village. You're there for one hour. You have a park here sign. You pay as you, as you walk in and you sit on a bench and you watch performers perform. The villages that we take our travelers to, again, are fully um, non-commercialized, immersive, authentic, and very sustainable um, full-day experiences where they actually get to come to the Maasai and immerse themselves and learn about their daily tasks, get to uh, meet and engage with the chiefs of the community, storytell with the tribal elders inside their huts, learn the roles of the women and the warriors all from the roots of it all. You're going to have an authentic lunch with the Maasai. So again, I feel the same way you do connected to the Maasai because they're so vibrant. Their culture is so fascinating and their ways of life is just so interesting. And I truly believe, again, why I love going to Kenya and uh, why I say Kenya is so hospitable because when travelers get to immerse themselves with the Maasai and actually have a real experience with them, it changes your life in, in, in your own ways. Again, we're not here to say, this is how you're going to be transformed. This is the way that's going to impact your life. But you take no, some of the pieces and bring it into your certainly, life. Certainly, certainly, certainly. Yeah. So um, do you do like the beach, the beach area? Absolutely. Yeah. We take our travelers all over Kenya. So what we specialize is an immersive luxury and authentic excursion. So what's really cool is that while you're in Nairobi, the capital city, we host you at either luxury hotels or what's also really cool is that we offer highly vetted homestay experiences. When we take you to the coast, we have all these different authentic uh, excursions that we take you from sailing excursions to snorkeling excursions, to camel riding on the beach, to visiting our other tribe that lives, uh, among, they're called the Mijikenna tribe that is that called the coastal tribe that live in the sacred Kaya forest made up of palm trees. And while you're on the coast, we host you at um, highly vetted, beautiful, luxurious beachfront resorts um, for the most beautiful coastal visit while you're out there. And Kenya, if anybody knows this, Kenya is known 
for its beaches. White sand, soft sand beaches, crystal water, warm water. So that's why when people think about going to the beaches in Africa, they're thinking about the eastern uh, regions of Africa, such as Tanzania, Kenya, Seychelles, Zanzibar, which is in Tanzania, et cetera. So yes, the beaches is a big highlight of what where we take our clients to. Awesome, awesome. So um, our guests should know that we're planning um, a transformational retreat yep. and it's truly magical and transformational. Now I'm particular and that's why I made sure that that was um, infused in the, um, in the program, in the plan especially for those who want to honestly experience, you know, like Kenya and its culture and its people. Now, can you speak about um, the homes that they will stay in, what the experience really is like? Absolutely. So what's really cool is that we offer a highly vetted suburban homestay experience where travelers actually get to come to Kenya and either culturally connect with a family for maybe an afternoon and dinner and have a home cooked meal, or as Oma, you're mentioning a homestay experience. All our homestays are right in the capital city of Nairobi in the uh, outskirts of the suburban areas of Nairobi. So near major emergency outlets, such as hospitals, police stations, the embassies, the international airport, all in safe, secured, monitored neighborhoods. All our homes, as I mentioned, are suburban homes. So when I say suburban, they have um, private, comfortable bedrooms and bathrooms, complete showers uh, with hot running water, toilets, accessible Wi-Fi, electricity. Now, all our host families are also highly, highly vetted. They go through high amounts of internal comprehensive training. They speak fluent English, and they're also background and screen through the government on an annual basis. Oh, awesome. 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 Yeah. That's interesting. So now tell me how, how long have you done this? Sky Inn has been in business for a little over five years now. The concept was about, uh, was, um, the, uh, the birth was about six years ago. Um, but again, I designed my company Sky Inn to duplicate the same experiences I had growing up. So if I tell you where did this all, how long has this been really been about? since I was 14 years old, but Skyen has been established a little over five years now. I can imagine. How has the reception been? How do you think that, do you think that people want to go to um, Kenya as much as they want to go to other tourist um, destinations? Yeah, um, especially for us, we have seen, we're about three times the demand we ever were before COVID. And the reason for that is two reasons. First off, there is a higher demand for Africa. Why? Because Africa is typically a bucket list destination. Typically, it's usually Eastern or Southern Africa, again, around the safaris. Everybody says it's a bucket list destination. Well, because of COVID, people are realizing that life is short. We don't know what next year is going to look like. People are wanting to live their bucket list destinations sooner than later. Um, I've read plenty of articles um, that are stating that Travelers are now not buying the new homes, not buying the new cars. They're putting their money towards travel. Now, what makes us very special is, again, we offer the luxury conventional safaris like every other company out there. What we also offer is that immersive cultural um, excursions around uh, with indigenous tribes, host families, schools, orphanages all around uh, Kenya. And so there's a higher demand. People are looking for more authentic 
meaningful trips. They're also looking for trips that actually give back to the communities because they understand COVID has impacted so many people. You can only imagine what how it's impacted, as you know, Omu, communities in Africa. And so in today's world, clients are looking for, travelers are looking for more authentic, sustainable, but also as we discussed, transformative experiences, how their trip can allow them to have a learning as well as an educational aspect, an adventurous aspect, a luxurious aspect, and an aspect to be able to take that new perspective on life. And again, bringing it into your own life, wherever you live across the world. Awesome. 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 That's interesting. So we're going to put out, as is in October, um, and that gives people, that gives people enough time. Um, Before we um, call it a day, you know, I'm, I want to circle back to the giving back because um, mm-hmm. that's a part that I hold really dear to my heart. And I know that, like you said, a lot of people don't just want to go on the trips, fancy trip and all that. They also want to do some sort of giving back. And it's almost impossible to experience the culture and see the people and not feel like doing something. Um, yeah. how do you, how do you, um, do you control it? Do you, cause I hear people talk about, um, um, what would I say? Um, exploiting, exploiting, you know, yeah. want to make sure that whatever you, if you were giving funds, if you were making a donation, for instance, you want to be sure that it's being used for Absolutely. what you want to use or what they've told you they're going to use it for. Is there any way of making sure of that? Yeah. I mean, again, to what, to me, there's a difference between just giving a donation or a sustainable manner, right? When you have something sustainable, in my definition, it's an ongoing process, right? One donation for X amount of money will eventually die off. It will it will dry up, right? When it comes to what we do is we create jobs. We create opportunities. Again, we're creating opportunities and jobs for not people that are just well-educated, that have the resources and the funds to have gone to school and university. We're creating jobs for communities that don't have those resources, that don't have the education, they're left in the dust. And so I wanted to design my company, again, how people make opportunity is they get to come to the communities, they get to engage. It is creating jobs for these people to host our travelers and really immerse themselves. Also, we have multiple community projects we're working on as building water wells, because that's a major crisis in Eastern Africa, as well as schools. I know school sounds crazy because here, especially where I live in the United States, you have public schools, you don't have to pay, et cetera. In that part of the world, it's very scary, especially if you're very indigenous in rural areas. The, some of the schools, and I actually, um, there is a uh, TV series, I forget the name, but they talk about the, uh, like I think it's like the top five uh, most uh, unsafe walks to school for children, right? All around the world, they're looking at all these different countries. What is the most unsafe walk? In Kenya, in the Masamara, was number one, I believe, one or two, where it said it's such an unsafe. That's why um, a lot of parents, instead of kids going to school, let's just say maybe around four to six years old, they have to hold them years later. Why? Because they're not safe enough to walk to school by themselves because of the wildlife, the danger around them. So you have to wait till these kids are. Because of the wildlife. 
because of the wildlife. Yeah. In Masamara, you have elephants and lions roaming freely. Yeah. It's the yeah. lion, it's the elephants you really do have to worry about. Again, there's a lot of other animals that can, you know, can harm you. And so with education, that's why we're trying to also build schools closer by to the proximity of the villages, because then now kids can go to school at an early age because the parents don't have to worry about them walking such a long distance. I'm not talking about walking a hundred yards. I'm talking about miles. <laughs> Five miles just yeah. to get to school, five miles just to get back. So, I mean, you look at the bigger picture. So how does Sky make a difference and how are, are we transparent? It's by when people go and they engage and they connect with these people, they're seeing and feeling the sense of how we're making a difference in their lives. And again, I get that question, especially when I first started my company, I got that question here and there. People saying, how do we know you're not trying to be the white savior? How do we know you're not trying to exploit them? And you're trying to make some business out of them. But when Oma, when I tell people my story and I tell people how I literally left everything I had going for myself, working for a family owned business in the States to create an opportunity to give back to the communities that I call home that are deep to my heart. And people hear that story and my, my upbringings in Kenya and engaging with these communities, that certainly helps because then now they know that, okay, yes, he might be American, but he grew up there. This is his home just as much as here. And everything I do is again, is to support and give back to these families, to these communities, um, suburban and indigenous to really support them and be able to make a difference. And soon I will be expanding beyond Kenya because again, I'm taking the concept of tourism that already exists that grows the economy and I'm able to now shift it. I want to change how communities are impacted by tourism. I want to connect with them. I want to engage with them. And my ultimate goal, Omo, is I'm starting this in Kenya. I grew up there. I have the resources. I do want to start a few other um, countries that tourism is big in. But eventually, my goal is to grow that brand, grow that credibility, where if I open this up in a country, especially in Western parts of Africa, that tourism especially is not as big as Eastern or Southern, I can now open a segment to help grow the economy, introducing tourism to these communities. Awesome. Awesome. So guys, if you want to come to Kenya, I will be there. Skylar will be there in October. And if you want to come with us, um, yep. just send us, um, send me a message or send Skylar a message. And Can I walk them through just real quick kind of what they're going to be yes. doing and experiencing? Yes. Awesome. Yes, so we are doing a 10-day um, excursion, an immersive cultural and wildlife excursion across Kenya. So the dates are October 19th through October 29th, 2023. Both Omu as well as myself and my local team, we will be guiding you, taking you across Kenya, showing you more of a side of Kenya that tourism doesn't get to see all through the lens of a local. So on this excursion, you're going to be spending uh, numerous nights in Nairobi, and we are offering two different options. One is you can have that exclusive homestay experience, or two, if you're not as immersive and you would rather have your own private accommodations while in Nairobi, we can host you at a hotel as well. We're going to be taking you to two different indigenous tribal villages. One is the well-known Maasai, and the other one is the Mijikenda. Two separate tribes that are totally uh, totally distinctive of one another. Um, they sound different. They look different. The way of life is different. And you're going to have two full days, one with each tribe, immersing into these communities. Again, for the most authentic experience that really does make an impact and, and uh, the sustainability factor of supporting these communities. We're going to be taking you to the coast. You're going to be staying at beautiful beachfront resorts while you're on the coast. We're going to put you on a very authentic sailing voyage. Uh, if you guys know those traditional Dow boats that you see in movies sailing the Indian Ocean, our crew and skippers are going to put on a local performance with Coke cans and water bottles. As it's just a fun, adventurous experience. You're going to see dolphins swim right up to the boats. We take you out to the coral reef to, uh, to snorkel the coral reefs. 
We're going to be taking you to multiple different slave trade era monuments, museums to learn about the past ancient times of the slave trade era, very historical time of moment. Um, and then, of course, we're going to be taking you on a safari, uh, going to, uh, I like to think, one of the best well-known um, national reserves in the entire continent of Africa, Masai Mara National Reserve, where you're going to have the ultimate luxury glamping experience in these tented camps uh, with furniture and bathrooms inside. But what's really cool is that it's a big giant tent and you hear animals at night, you see all the stars. I mean, you're having wildlife roaming around you. Trust me, it's safe. There's guards or security, but don't make glamping. So again, we're going to be taking you from the coast to the inland, to the safari, to the tribes, to uh, connecting with host families. And one a big thing, guys, one uh, that we mentioned is the host family concept concept. Okay. You don't just get to go to Kenya and just knock on someone's door and say, hi, nice to meet you. If you're going to stay with a host family, we connect you to your local host family ahead of time through video chats. So you have the opportunity to meet and engage with your family and our local team in Kenya before you even arrive. So once you do arrive, you feel like you're already part of the family and you're not staying with strangers, but with family. So that is what this 10 day adventure. Again, I personally only go on about two to three a year with all different groups. As you can imagine, I can't go on all of them. But when I met Omu, I said, you know what? I need to be there for this because um, her and I just have that connection uh, when it comes to, you know, what we're trying to promote, um, what we're trying to show a side of Africa that, again, tourism doesn't really always get to see an authentic Kenya. And I told Omu that um, we put together a group excursion. I will be there to join you guys and lead you and show you and introduce you to my life in Kenya and the communities that I call home. So guys, see you in October. Hula me or Hula Skylar. And um, thank you. Remember, you can watch us on YouTube or listen on the podcast. Take care. I'm out. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Thrive with Omu podcast. This is your host, Omu Obilo. Thank you.